Right, well now this is a first, never done this before, but how exciting is this on the internet? Okay, there you go. Formed in 1965 in Palo Alto, California and fronted by Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead quickly grew to become one of the most celebrated bands of the psychedelic movement, also bringing with them one of the most dedicated and coldish fan bases in history. Their ingenious genre-bending style, blending rock, folk, jazz, and even bluegrass, would go to greatly influence the American music scene permanently. Over the span of 30 years, the Grateful Dead would have one of the most successful touring careers in music history, during which they continued to record, releasing their final and 13th studio album, Built to Last, in 1989. Despite their end in 1995, the Deadhead cult has not fizzled out as hardcore fans around the world have not grown out of their love for the band that defined an era and redefined music forever. Today, we'll take on the song Shakedown Street off their 1978 album, also titled Shakedown Street. The song's funky energy and recognizable beat is a wonderful example of the many directions which the Grateful Dead went with their music and showcases their ability to execute all of them incredibly well. You're listening to I've Got Ox in Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7, and this is Shakedown Street by the Grateful Dead. Welcome back to I've Got Ox and Radio Free Hills Zone 101.7. I'm Bella and I'm here with Gavin and Allie. And you just listened to, if you were listening, hope you were, to Shakedown <laughs> Street by The wow. Grateful Dead. What? I mean, is I that hope a they bad assumption to make? Yeah. No. If I mean, you imagine didn't tu- listen, just listen to it right now. Imagine if they tuned in right at the last note. And then that statement was for them. Otherwise, hopefully you were listening to the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Okay. Anyways, so today, Gavin was the blind listener. I chose a song, and Allie loves this song, which is perfect. So, okay, so Gavin, first impressions. One, two, three, go. Okay, so I wasn't expecting that. The the rhythm. Like, the (laughs) the kind of, almost disco. It is disco. Mm -hmm. It It literally is. Okay. Disco dead, baby. Okay, Disco Dead. Okay, I didn't know that, that's like a, a term. Did you see the little well, yeah. people dancing on the album cover? They're so yeah. cute. Like, they're I so love cute. the album and cover. And I was just showing Gavin the little, like, they made an animation out of it on yes. the Spotify background. And it's you can see so it move. It's so cute. It's so cute. There's little people dancing. Anyway, sorry. No, but yeah, this, is, this was, <laughs> okay. like, sort of the mark when they started shifting some of their, their vibes. And they got, that's what the song is about, is, like, the criticism of the dead no longer being, like, the old dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's kind of, it's very intentional that it's very poppy and disco. So in that way, I really liked it um, because I've what I know of the very little I know of Dead, like the Grateful Dead, is that they're kind of just a jam out kind of sixties dad band. Yeah, and there's <laughs> dad not, band. That's dad perfect. Band, there's not much musically going on, but like there were a few key. Oh. Well, like, sorry, that was such an unpopular opinion. Okay, there's but you not also much musically okay. going on. Everybody, but everybody, dead. forget. I'm Gavin talking just about said like, that because he's only heard like this song. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about like harmonically, like their chords and like their musical knowledge isn't like wah, from wah, what I can, wah, what wah. I've heard isn't the 
best, but this song was like actually interesting. Like there was someone's gonna shoot key you, changes. And <laughs> yeah, there's actually a, a hit out on you right now. After <laughs> All right. That. Well, never mind. I have zero opinions. Never mind. <laughs> oh my it was gosh. awesome. No, I actually liked this song because there were like key changes and it was interesting and yeah, the beat was nice. It's so funky. Yeah, it's so funky. So I love the message of the song because this is literally my message. And I say this to people all the time. They say all the time. It's like maybe the darkest from your eyes. It's basically this whole thing about having this negative perception of something. And you literally need the first thing you need to do is look in the mirror and be like, maybe that's you. Like, no offense. Maybe maybe that's literally you. Mm -hmm. And not to say that there aren't things you shouldn't have negative outlooks on and blah, 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 blah. But there's such a lack of like, I don't know positivity in this world that sounds so deep but you know what i mean i just love the message of the song and i say this to my friends all the time because i have some friends who just like like, you know are Mm -hmm. negative like and it's like you want to complain about everything but sometimes it's from yourself right you're projecting oh i love that Mm -hmm. message so much and it's such a fun song it's like oh it's the best for me this is like I feel like you can say everything is a driving song, but it's a driving yeah. song, but it's a walking to class song. It's a walking song. It's bouncy, yeah. It's, it's a beach bouncy. song. It's so fun. And the message is good. And I love that. Well, Shakedown Street is like, is them. That's, I think that it was kind of a nickname that the group coined as themselves. So like mm-hmm. when you look at the lyrics, a lot of it is, you don't you don't like this new wave of whatever we're doing mm-hmm. and it, like they like, put nothing's it going on right yeah they put it in the setting of a city because i think where they recorded at least this album was in kind of a slummier area of the city and so they kind of use that metaphor as a means of like if you're looking around and you think there is nothing redeemable or good about where you yeah, are like maybe try that's on you like try to find it like <laughs> yeah, i don't know that's on you so it's, i mean it's the same with like when you're growing up with a band or you're watching them evolve into their different things mm-hmm. like don't just dismiss it because it's new and it's different yeah exactly like actually find what's in it that's good and that you may like or that may grow on you Mm -hmm. because cities and people and bands they all need time to evolve Mm -hmm. and like marinate and there's that i mean the last line of the song don't tell don't tell me this town ain't got no heart you just got to poke around right just try like literally try experience a little bit more before you make an opinion I think Which I know Bella is probably thinking that's exactly what I did at the beginning of the episode, but well, I'm just saying that, it's just you just haven't heard like yeah, a, and you're not deeply involved in like dead culture, which yeah, is no. a very, very like intimidating culture to try yes, and, get and like, into as well. That like that itself, like I would, I mean, I feel like you have to have some like a resume to be able to be like yeah. I'm a deadhead. Literally, like, you can't just say that. Like you cannot. That's, so you're fine. Devin. I guess the, okay. what I'm what I'm thinking comparing this to is the idea of like you know as a to be a jam band you kind of have to like like it has to be something that everyone can just like as a musician like mm-hmm. all the musicians need to be able to jump on something that's not necessarily written out or composed it's just kind of going somewhere mm-hmm. and the nature of that isn't necessarily complicated so like yeah. you think of like the Brian Jones sounds massacre like that that's what's that song we did anemone anemone where it's just kind of it just kind of goes on for a long time because everyone's just kind of hopping on slowly of like what's going on yeah and that's how I kind of imagine their music being and the stuff I've heard from early on. Right. Um, and so when this song, like the middle, like changed keys or like kind of modulated a little bit, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that took a little bit more than yeah. just that. That's pre-planned. Like you can't just do that and expect everyone to hop on. Mm-hmm. So that way I was surprised. Yeah. And it, like, especially with bands like Dead and Brian Jonestown, which like after that episode is crazy because I kind of became like a super fan after that, which is pretty <laughs> funny. And it's funny that I chose Anemone now because now that I've like listened to most of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think like what is Ga- what Gavin is saying also is that there was a huge importance and emphasis placed on the live show, mm. which is why all of their concerts are like forever. They, they're so long. They were like multiple days sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes they would start a day on Friday, a song on Friday, and they would finish it on like Saturday. Uh, that's so crazy. Like Can that, you imagine going to concert? That's what Watch no. Mojo told me. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, like that's, it, it's very interesting, especially to go back and to listen to this because it 100% I feel totally fine and objective saying that this probably does not hit us the same way that it hit mm-hmm. forever ago you know oh, like yeah. with the experience of being at a live show and being able mm-hmm. to share that with other people mm-hmm. and to like vibe along with it and see the music kind of come to life in front of you is going to be inherently different than yeah. like putting this on spotify exactly. you know like I, I just don't i think the medium and the the art are kind of like separated and so i don't think we'll ever be able to get the full experience of like a dead show. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good way to put it. Uh, I mean, and their whole thing was like they literally toured for thirty years. Yes. Like, and they're one of those bands that like basically what you were saying. Can you really know their music if like you haven't gotten the chance? Not yeah. know their music, but like the experience of that is like the music itself, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and they, I think after altogether they had like twenty albums because they just put out nine like of their live albums and right. they I'm pretty sure some of them had like new songs on them. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just yeah. it's definitely one of those things that like you're like I can't imagine seeing that live. Like how um, like incredible that would have been. How you guys are talking about this reminds me a lot of like how people in like the jazz community view kind of the, mm. the, the the standards of the gods of jazz, kind yeah. of like the Miles Davises and the John Coltrane's like oh, yeah. they're their records that you have on Spotify, like, are, like, great. Like, you know, critically acclaimed, like, the best stuff ever. But you can't really understand them all the way unless you've seen their live, like, went to their live performances in the 60s and the 50s and, like, right. like experienced their, their, like, you know, 20-minute solos mm-hmm. that they're not allowed to put on the album because no one wants to listen to right. that and that won't sell. But it's not profitable. when you're going to a jazz club in New York and you're listening to that, that's what you want. That's what right. you came for. And so that's what I'm, I'm guessing it's probably pretty similar right. to the experience. Um, you know, and there's, you know, correlations between the drug cultures there too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of that. <laughs> Plenty of that. Especially with Miles, da- Miles Davis. Um, right. Yeah, that's inter- right, interesting. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's also interesting because that seems to have been the norm, obviously, before mm-hmm. everything was so easily accessible. Whereas now we're sort of shifting into either we want something super polished and perfect or we want something that sounds intentionally kind of deranged yeah. to like mimic that sense of authenticity that we don't get because we do not go to mm-hmm. as many live shows or engage with them the same yeah. way. It's I, like SZA doing, I love SZA by the way, let me just preface yes, that before I, I say Before this. you get a bunch of haters. Video. These live performances that but are absolutely like- incredible and you're paying for this like movie-like experience which is awesome and very cool and very 21st century 100 percent. but there's still this place for like a concert where you don't know the set list in advance you can't mm. find it on a mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. and you showed up and you probably paid 25 dollars. like it's they're yeah. different experiences it's a totally different world yeah. Yeah. like is, completely separated from how we like interact with music like, yeah this goes to into the culture and like the kind of this the the start of using backing tracks in mm. live performances and so you have bands who have these songs that they made and written and produced and they made it put in a string arrangement in the in the song and they don't have strings you can't bring a full orchestra onto the stage and so they supplement that by playing the track behind their recording but when you do that you need to make sure everything's on time and so you have to play along with a click track right there's no room there's a definite because you've done that there's a definite start and end to Mm -hmm. the song and there's no play yeah so if you want to vamp on something if you want to 
you know, restart the song, do another chorus. You can't because, you know, the string section is only three minutes and 30 seconds long. So you're stuck right. using that. And, you know, that, that leaves no, no dare I say, deadheadness like, yeah. right. left. I think people also, like, our generation especially wants to go to a concert to hear a TikTok clip worth of audio that they can record and have their own version of Steve that Lacey. sounds exactly like what they know to be true. That's and th- true. there's no, like, if they sing it in a different key or something that sometimes spices up a lot of live shows or, mm-hmm. like, gives one of your old favorite songs a new identity to, like, mess around with. Like, there's been, I, I think, it was actually kind of crazy. I don't really know what happened, but for Brian Jonestown, they released a version of Anemone that I think it was sung by um, Anton, who's the lead, instead of, like, the female vocalist in the, the first edition. And I think they were, like, hacked, and it was uploaded without their consent, but it sounded so cool. And it's, like, you only are able to experience those things when you're, like, in a setting in which it's okay to mess around yeah. with what is established. And also the idea of, like, multiple takes of a song. Yes. Like, oh, I love the first take way more than the third take, which is the one that and it made it up on the album. But then, right. you know, you get those Beatles albums that are released, yes. and it's, like, 20 songs long, <laughs> but it's just an album twice. Yep. And, like, that doesn't exist now because you record it into Pro Tools or whatever you're using. Right. You record it and... Whatever the session is, you might have like three takes of the guitar, but they all get deleted except for yeah. that one that you're going to use. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes it more two-dimensional. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't get the kind of the the lore and the mystique of dead culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Deadheads. Mm-hmm. I, I keep wanting to call the band Deadheads, but it's not. It's <laughs> People call them like the dead. The dead. The dead. Yeah. Don't they have an album called The Dead Live? I think what, that's what Mo- Watch yeah. Mojo told me. Like, <laughs> well, Watch Mojo. Yeah. I watched the Watch Mojo video before the authority this, of all. showing how much I know about the all-knowing being Watch Mojo. <laughs> yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about um, Shakedown, Street. Shakedown Street by the Grateful Dead. Yep, the off the album. Of live shows. Yes, I and I I chose this song. I I want to give a little shout out to my sisters here. Shout out because yeah, I I don't know. Like I was telling Allie this beforehand. Like I'm not a huge like I feel like I I need to give them like a better chance like I don't listen to a ton of the Grateful Dead but there's a couple songs I know here and there because my parents were really into them Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like in the background of my life and we listened to Casey Jones and Ripple and stuff like those couple songs but when I was back home for Christmas break so the World Cup was going on and my one my two little sisters who are 12 about to be 12 at eight they were cheering for Argentina because the older of those two sisters, Gabby, has a friend who's Argentinian. <laughs> and so they got, my dad got them these little Messi shirts and stuff, even though he was rooting for France, blah, blah, blah. But every time Messi would score or Argentina would sco- score at all, they would do this little dance and they go, da, 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 da. and my dad thought it was hilarious because they're singing this Grateful Dead song. And right. It was just their little thing. So I don't know. I had a couple to pick from and I was like, shout out Gabby and Rosa. Because they're so, so cute, and they sing this little song. It, I, I don't know. Also, like that little line you just sang, like, do, it, do, do. yeah. Bang what is that from? There's all. I feel like it's from this something song. else as well. Like <laughs> probably. I don't know. It's not so. It's recognizable. so recognizable. It's a very like. Yeah. It says "get stuck in your head" type riff. Yeah, it's almost like it's always been here, and they just kind of used it. Yeah. It's, which it's I mean, so that's all cute. Music, I love. Yeah, I love it though. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. It's good that you had like nice family memories and not like. Druggy memories with this music. I have a deadhead uncle. When I was like 15, we went to um, 
John Mayer and what are the 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 what do they call themselves now? Dead and Company. Dead and Company. Okay, John Mayer and Dead and Company, and they played at Wrigley Field in Chicago, and that was my first experience of like being in a Deadhead crowd, which was like pivotal. They still, um, they, they still exist. And apparently, oh yeah. Okay. And apparently, I there was this man who looks like what you would expect, and <laughs> he had a goat, a pet goat on a leash. And at I, the concert? Yes. And I pet this goat. And I remember like multiple years later, I was telling somebody and I was like, oh yeah. And I pet this goat at Wrigley Field. And he looked at me. He was like, you know, that's bad luck, right? And I was like, stop castlighting me. What are you talking about? And he was like, there's literal like lore around that. Around you petting can, a goat at Wrigley like, Field? Specifically petting a goat at Wrigley Field has some sort of like negative connotation. Oh my gosh. And I pet a goat at Wrigley Field. So That is he, so weird. Isn't so that so specific? Did someone bring this goat to like try to trick people? I, he was just walking around. He had a tie-dye smile. I have a picture of him in my phone. <laughs> What's the... What I gotta wonder what's the I don't security. Know what the, what's oh, the security there is measures? None. Girl, at- there is none. There were this. I vividly remember <laughs> another thing. I remember other than clouds um, was there were a couple kind of old, like middle aged women on the curb with a can of laughing gas that they were what? distributing to people. And I remember hearing them say that they had like seduced a dentist that they knew <laughs> to take the can of laughing gas and sell Holy people little cow. hits and balloons. Oh my god. It was very funny to <laughs> Sounds me. Sounds so unbranded. It was cra- there were just like a what bunch a- of like vans. It's exactly what you would expect, but it was a great experience. And you know what's funny is that I I read something that the Shakedown Street became like a nickname for basically yeah. the parking lot or like the <laughs> the, vendors. P- the place outside of the concerts where people would sell stuff Cute. like that. So you were literally gas. on Shakedown Street watching I, this lady I embodied Shakedown Street. I did not. I was sober in 15. You can no longer say Shakedown Street is no longer shaken. So true. You look. She shook shook it up. She She shook shook it it up. I shook it up with the goat that I pet. (laughs) And apparently I'm now cursed for the rest of my adult life. You're going to die some like crazy, terrible goat related accident. (laughs) You're going to be like, this was it. This is it. It's the last thing I see before I pass away. The The eyes of the goat. (laughs) That's that's scary. (laughs) Anyways. What a, it's a good song. I, I will listen to this again. If, if that you, makes should you, listen, happy. you should listen to other. Like, I feel yeah. like you would like Grateful I, Dead. I, I, obviously, I'm not going to try to judge too early, but I think I won't like their early stuff as much as their later stuff. Yeah, maybe. Okay, whatever. Just try. I feel like you'd like it. Because not everyone is fun, and like that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Because, like, I don't know. Is, it, is this similar to the Beatles that no. was coming out in this era? No. Not at all? No. No, no, no. No. To be fair, Gavin. The dead are in their own, mm-hmm. own lane. Okay. All right. All right well, we'll we are see you guys time. next week. See you next yeah. week. You're listening to I've Got Ox. I'm Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Bye. Period. <laughs>